0: Before we get started, I just want to briefly apologize. Uh, I know that there has been a lack of content when it comes to Parent quests. I want to apologize to you viewers, you listeners. I want to apologize to this guest, Mr. Alec Daly, uh, because I know that um, it has been way past due for this episode to come out. With that said, uh, my family and I have been going through some big changes. Uh, biggest of all is we made a move uh, from Cincinnati. I'm sorry, from West Virginia to Cincinnati, Ohio area. Uh, so, starting a new job, getting uh, used to uh, the new work routine, um, getting house projects done. As you can see, this, if you've seen previous episodes of this, this background is actually uh, my old bedroom, not my old bedroom, but our old guest bedroom. And uh, so, yeah, it's uh, some changes are needing to take place. But regardless, I just wanted to say, I am sorry. There are new guests lined up. There'll be new episodes coming out. So I am excited for the future of the podcast, the series, and I hope you guys are too. Have you ever woken up in the morning, groggy eyes, sun's getting ready to blare through the window, it's 7 a.m., birds are chirping, you realize it's way too early to get out of bed, and there's nothing in the world that can get you out of bed except... That one golden drink, that drink that people have loved for years and years and years. And I know that there are some people out there that do not like this drink and I don't hold that against you. It's OK. It's all right. A little strange, but it's, it's OK. It's all right. We have been drinking coffee for years and I love it. I love it. I drink it every morning. I drink one, maybe two, maybe three, maybe four, maybe five cups of coffee Uh, in the mornings. I rarely drink five. Actually, I don't really get past two. But regardless, uh, coffee is you really think about it. It's an important uh, part of human history. It's something that we can all relate to and uh, enjoy together. With that said, my guest, Mr. Alec Daly, owner of Hilltree Roastery. Alec has been around for a long time when it comes to the coffee game. His knowledge is vast, far superior than what I knew about coffee. And I'm so happy that he was able to stop in and chat with me. Uh, If he's not um, roasting coffee, he's at the hospital working, uh, working that late shift. Uh, to being a family man and providing for his family so we get all into that we talk about current events with uh, the virus situation Um, we talk about roasting coffee and uh, we talk about his family life as well again I cannot thank you enough Mr. Daly for coming on to Parent Quest to chat with me about your business how it started where it's at and how it's progressing Uh, it truly was a pleasure so without further ado here is Alec Daly, owner of Hill Tree Roastery. You were talking about working at the hospital. You you work midnights?
1: Yeah, yeah. I uh I work uh Cabal Hunt Hospital Midnight Shift. Um you know, it's uh, I work on a med surgeon, so mm-hmm. yeah, you know, we get a mix of a lot of different things. Um it's you know, it's been a Good place to work. I've been there for three and a half years
0: now, mm-hmm. so it's yeah. It's about the same time that I started St. Mary's. About it was a little over three years ago. Was when I started, and um our. I mean, I'm sure Cabell's dealing with the same thing with COVID. You guys are probably at max capacity now,
2: or uh, close to so.
1: it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, it changes so often that I don't even know what's really going on. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it, it kind of, it fluctuates a lot. You know, you see a lot of, you know, jumps in COVID cases and uh, just traditional cases of things going on in the hospital on top of everything else. And, you know, um, you just try to, you know, roll with it, I guess. And yeah. And do what you can with it.
2: <laughs> so
0: you, you you work at the hospital at night. You have a family, which takes a lot of time. How do you find time to build on your your company, um, Hilltree Roast, uh, Hilltree Roastery?
1: Um, <laughs> it's a lot of, a lot of being efficient with timing. I think that's one of the key things to do. Is um, it? It was about the time that I started thinking about having a coffee company that I was on the same journey as, doing a kind of a minimalist ideal mm-hmm. uh, for a living. I started getting real into minimalist uh, ideology and learned how to you know really utilize my time more efficiently—not just my time, but my money—and um, you know realizing what was more important. At the time mm-hmm. to deal with, and um, I think that helped me gauge on how efficient I should spend like X amount of time doing this and X amount of time doing that. And you know, over the years, it's you know, become the a fine art yeah. <laughs> of, of juggling time and stuff. And you know, it's stressful, um, not gonna lie. I mean, it's yeah, probably it's. It's hard to it's hard to balance. You know, you you find yourself battling a lot of different fronts of you know, trying to make sure everything's going right. Um, but you just gotta do what you can when you can. I mean, the opportunity you know comes up to do something at that very second, and I just take take care of it right there and then, and mm-hmm. so you, you not know, put it on the back burner or anything like that. But uh, with family, it's you know always a priority, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, to put that first and stuff. So, but I think the reason why I do it is because of family. I mean, it's you know I want financial freedom, <laughs> you yeah, know, for myself. And so I think and in, that initially drives me to do want to do more. And mm-hmm. so it's I see it as a sacrifice now to do the work, you know, be doing working two fronts. Um now, but hopefully in the future, you know, all this hard work you know of, of doing the balancing and running around my head cut off and <laughs> trying to <laughs> sleep this, you know, days of only getting like one hour of sleep, like today. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just took a nap, maybe for like, like forty-five minutes or something. Oh, it's rough. I don't even know if I can really call it a nap, but um, I'm, that's why I'm drinking coffee now. I was like, yeah. well I'm gonna jump in here real quick and make an air press because I'm gonna need
2: it,
1: <laughs> <laughs> or I'm gonna sound like a I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. on
0: <laughs> running run on fumes.
1: But, um, you know, it, it's worth it, I think, if you know what you're envisioning, you know, for yourself, yeah, you know, um, and for your family, uh, you know, because uh, we're, we're big on traveling,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and being outdoors, we're outdoorsy people. We like to, you know, we want to be able to do more traveling, want to do more, you know, with just our family in general and mm-hmm. you know, do you, you know, more vacations and, right. you know, and stuff like that. But I mean, being an entrepreneur doesn't give you necessarily doesn't mean that, oh yeah, you may big you you have a small business that doesn't necessarily mean that you have all the time in the world to take. You know, yeah. because you're you know, you're in boss kind of thing, you can take time off when you want either. Mm-hmm. Uh but you know, as your company grows and you hire more people and you do you do better, you know, you can start to, you know, back away from it and you know, let it, you know, do what it's supposed to do is help you out, you know.
2: Yeah.
1: Um I just something I always keep in the back of my head the best way yeah. you know that I'm doing something worth my while. So
0: how how did you I guess how did your interest start in the world of coffee? I mean you you obviously had an interest in in the science behind coffee before you started your company.
1: Yeah, and so it was kind of a funny story. <laughs> I I worked a lot of odd jobs. Um I was working at a lot of different places and stuff and um, I kind of stumbled into uh, working for Starbucks, and I ended up getting hired um, on like a. Um, it was one of the license stores,
2: mm-hmm.
1: so I got through Kroger's uh, on Route sixty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> <And> so <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I've always wanted. I've always wanted to work for Starbucks. You know, a little tight part may wanted to." do something cool and work for a a cafe or Mm -hmm. just coffee in general. It didn't really have to be Starbucks, but, you know, the opportunity came that it was small enough because it was a small store. It was a good way for me to, like, get my feet wet and, you know, see if I liked being a barista. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I already have, you know, kind of liking for that lifestyle of uh, tasting coffee and identifying it. Mm -hmm kind of like you do with wine beer Mm -hmm. and tobacco and stuff like that. So I I really had a a love for for wines and beers and tobaccos for doing different, like, taste developments.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. So I had a really good built-up palate for it. So when I started getting the coffee and drinking Starbucks coffee, of course, you know, it was, you know, reasonably good coffee. And so I was able to, play around with different uh, brew methods and getting into the whole barista lifestyle and taking it upon myself to learn more than what I learned at Starbucks. And so as I got into it more and more, it was almost like a snowball. Mm, I kept wanting to know more about the process of coffee. And after I started kind of growing as a barista, you know, I, I took upon myself to, um you know go through the company and i ended up working for uh corporate starbucks uh which means i was working for an actual real base like an actual store mm-hmm. the store but you know a place like mary's creek or ashland right you know, that. um so i got a job at mary's creek in heights west virginia and that was a really big store. Yeah. <laughs> it was a big change. And but I was really excited and I really liked it. It was always busy, of course. And uh there was a lot of trying times where I was like, Oh my gosh, this is nuts. Yeah. You know, <laughs> especially during the holidays, it was lines wrapped around for hours and your apron would be caked in. <laughs> milk and syrup, and you could probably almost stand (laughs) up in your apron just by itself. It was so busy that you couldn't even change your apron, but um, but I enjoyed it. And I I think the most enjoyable experience was meeting people. Mm -hmm. So I instantly gravitated to the idea of the connection of coffee. I met so many people. You know, just cop, like real true coffee lovers, people mm. who, really, you know, just espresso drinkers only, people who really wanted to know more about coffee as a customer. And so it was cool to be able to connect with them, explain the process to them more, explain different brew methods to them and why I'm making them coffee. And so I'm, I have people who I still talk to. That are customers that are now friends of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I met Brandon working at Starbucks. He worked at Bear Sweet. Uh, me and him got together uh, on off days, and we would travel to Columbus <laughs> and hit all the cafes because it was uh, Columbus actually has the biggest uh, coffee scene in the Midwest. Oh, really? And there's seventeen. 17- To twelve, I think there's actually twenty. There's twenty some, about twenty two different cafes in Columbus alone. They're all privately owned, not just the Starbucks here and there. Like within a like ten block radius, there's at least seventeen of them. Yeah, and then you kind of further out, a little outside the skirts of the city, there's still cafes. You know, it's crazy. You can actually do a coffee tour up there. You can actually get a little pamphlet that allows you to stamp each place that you go to. And you get a T-shirt at the uh, convention center. <laughs> so wow. Like, you know, in Columbus kind of thing or drink coffee in Ohio or something like that. We, Me and my girlfriend had done it, uh, the actual tour. But we, like, had got coffee drunk <laughs> we were so objective on coffee because we went to like five or six places and we were like oh my gosh this is too much and i'm like i think i might have a heart attack I'm trying to get- <laughs> we ended the trip at this like really nice place on high street it was like a steak um yeah dinner kind of place and i was like i can't even concentrate I was, like, I had so much coffee i had like didn't even know how to process it yet and but we ended up actually not uh, getting our t-shirts because we missed out uh, oh. going to the convention because it closed at like five or something. And it was like freezing. Oh, man. It was snowing, and we had walked the entire time, and we were like, "We're just done." <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> But it was, it was a fun trip, though, and me and Brandon had done the same thing a couple of times, um, but we didn't do, like, a coffee tour. We just, like, official coffee tour, we just went to a couple of places that he enjoyed, and he was showing me around. So he knew coffee, like, way more than I did, and mm-hmm. kind of like a, almost a coffee mentor to me a little bit, because he would talk about, like, ground development, soil uh, composite. Uh, how it affected the fermentation of the bean. I mean, he went like down to the nitty gritty science, and it intrigued me a lot. Uh, so, I think that knowing all that kind of got me into wanting to know more about just the farms in general, like what did how they process coffee and what it meant to uh, use a micro lot of coffee, to a small batch. Uh, the processing uh, methods they used to make copy even better than the bigger farms did because they had, where it was smaller, they could pay attention to the processing more. And so that's the reason why I think, you know, we gravitate to using um, small batches um, of micro loss and, so, and family-owned laws and stuff like that because the quality matters. And you're also helping a family... You know, small business, help that small business and building that coffee community was like just something uh, I just really enjoyed. Mm. And yeah, so (laughs) I just, I don't know, I think that's something I've carried through our mission statement, even. Yeah. You know, it's like coffee and community, it's like the two C's. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Coffee and community. It's like you will always build up friendships and, Uh, build uh, a a community because of uh, conversation stars over a cup of coffee. Uh, Coffee's been, you know, the center point of a lot of people's life, uh, major events yep, history. Like 3,000 years of history has been made over coffee. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like in, you know, in in Turkey, it was, you know, coffee houses were, only for men at, at one point to discuss politics and religion, and then once it came to the U.S. Uh, during the colonial times, it was actually a place to hide away from the redcoats to, you know, talk about business, um, battle plans, and spies, and it was just so a lot of really important things happened at our yeah. So I think uh, being part of that that of history is in making more history and being a part of someone else's life because they're drinking something that I made. I think is a really cool thing. Uh, someone could ask their wife to, you know, be their wife or something. You know, like mm-hmm. a, a hill tree, you know, coffee. Yeah, <laughs> I was just think it was like, yeah,
0: it's pretty cool. I was
1: a part of that in some way. You know I mean like it just? I think that was just really cool aspect of coffee, and uh, I've always that's probably my most enjoyable experience of, of having a coffee company and being a coffee um, in general is just being that connection between people.
0: Yeah. I, you took me down the, the, the history of coffee, man. I didn't know any of that really uh, went coffee going back that far. That's, that's pretty crazy. And and to think like uh, future, future history being made, over your own coffee. That's, that's a cool thought. That's a, that's a, it's kind of a deep thought too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, it, it can get kind of, kind of, uh, kind of interesting to think about how that really develops. Um, mm-hmm. uh, because I mean, I, there's a, there's a couple that I know, um, that I serve them coffee every day at Starbucks. Uh, and, they weren't dating at the time. They were friends. They may have taken interest in each other, but I didn't see it at first. Mm-hmm. You know, I was seeing one, and I would see the other a lot, and then they would end up having coffee together, and then one, the next minute they were dating, and then, then they were married.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And now they have a kid in a house and careers, and I've known them, like, through their whole life process over coffee. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... <laughs> it's kind of yeah. crazy to like see that like i've served them coffee through the <laughs> entire like life process and it's like weird to be like on the outside
0: of that once
1: well, Look, yeah, looking like, at it i don't know it's just i think it's like the little things like that that yeah. make make it you know what i mean
0: yeah that's that's pretty awesome how, how what was the turning point for you from like all right i work here at starbucks but I want to do my own thing.
1: Uh, well, I, I had a moment where, um, I was working at Starbucks and, um, I was actually getting to be married and, um, you know, I had to kind of make a choice of, you know, do I want to continue working here and stuff like that? Because they had a lot of, um, stuff going on like with the company at the time mm-hmm. of holiday seasons and I was getting married in December and <laughs> I was like, I'll just, you know, I like, want to take a little bit of a career turn and stuff like yes. that. And, well, I ended up not working there shortly after <laughs> that. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I just think, uh, I probably took a lot of time in between that to I worked at, like, Sprint for, for a little bit. I, yeah, I did a lot of jobs. And lot of jobs. <laughs> I, just, I did whatever I could just because yeah. I needed a job at the time. Yep. Um, so I was completely out of the coffee scene for, like, I think almost a year and about a year and a half, two years I was at the coffee scene. But I had started making coffee at the church I was attending and um kind of getting back into it like getting my feet wet back into making coffee as a barista and it made me started like my the wheels started turning back in my head like i think i can do this as a career mm-hmm. like I, I think i want to have my own coffee company at some point in my life and that's that thought kind of put on pause Life i got really crazy um i ended up um you know, going through a lot of life changes. Right. And, uh, so I had a kid and a whole bunch of stuff <laughs> happened. It just a whole some, bit,
0: some stuff that, life, that alters your it, life. There's yeah.
1: There's a lot of stuff that happened in life. And so I just, um, you know, I had to put a lot of that on pause, of course, and concentrate on, you know, just having a job and yeah. a career. And so I, I thought to myself, you yeah, know, I want to be a nurse. Yeah. So, you know, a nurse practitioner or wanted to get into some kind of medical field of some sort and so I got, I got a job working um, in a nursing home as a CNA and I did that for two years and um, I started working at Cabell a little after that and then maybe I think six months working at Cabell I decided to start roasting
2: coffee
1: Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try it out. Uh, and so I started buying coffee beans, green, uh, green coffee beans, off the of traders. Uh, you can buy coffee beans off the internet from anyone, really. Mm-hmm. You know, in small batches, like you know, one to two pounds at a time. So I was like playing around with the idea of it. And I was like researching like how to roast coffee at home, mm-hmm. and like going from there. And I literally had trained myself. how to roast coffee. Now, barista training, you know, got, you know, professional training how to do that, but no one taught me how to roast coffee. So it was like a whole new frontier of learning. It was really kind of like an adventurous learning skill set because I had no clue what I was doing at Mm -hmm. all. I had a good idea of flavor development and understanding how coffee should taste and You know, I cook a lot, so I had, you know, a good idea of how how heat processing works, you know, through just baking. And so I was like, I'll just bake them. And so I started roasting coffee in an oven, actually, and, like, learning how how it develops through just general heat. Mm -hmm. And um, I ended up meeting, uh, meeting Brian Shaw, who's my business partner, through a mutual friend he's like you know you just uh you want to meet someone to you know kind of give you a an edge on what you should do next with your coffee company if you want to really do this because mm-hmm. they're really a the company yet that was roasting coffee and handing out beans to like all my friends at work and you try these, to see what you think yeah <laughs> and people started actually liking it mm-hmm. so okay well i think i can do this and so i met brian shaw and he gave me some tips and stuff and he really liked what i had to say and he loves coffee so he was like i'll be your business partner (laughs) instead of just getting advice from him he wanted to like invest in this and be a part of it so uh we actually made it a real thing signed the llc and it was history from there that's awesome man yeah that's that's it took off really quick we we just you know Got a little bit of uh, grant money from Craig Huntington, which was really awesome mm-hmm. uh, and then started doing like live pop up shows where I would pretty much like have like all the coffee and front of people like this is what the green coffee beans look like this is what it looks like roasted, and here's three different types of coffee to taste and uh here's some fruit and chocolate and different things that you can try with your coffee to, so you can kind of understand the pairing and the you know, flavor development for your palate mm-hmm. or like had never like really got to do this before. And so people really, really enjoyed, you know, having this show them how to make coffee in front of them. And it was really fun because mm-hmm. they sit there and do this, you know, two or three different times and, it just took off from there and we ended up actually getting some wholesalers after that. And so it grew really quick. Uh, and it was kind of scary mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, because I was like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe this is actually a thing. Now. <laughs> so <laughs> I think, I guess I have to kind of keep, keep going, you know? And it just, uh, almost kind of created a little monster for a second. It was like, well, I'm gonna I'm going to keep this thing going and try to do my best to, uh, you know, educate people mm-hmm. on coffee. And I think education was the key point of what kept the company growing because we kept wanting to do more and be more of a coffee company. When, when we didn't want to just sell coffee to people. We wanted to educate people on why organic micro lots were important, you know, and so that just – Kind of went from
0: there and- yeah i have got to say personally it's a great tasting coffee um i uh stumbled across Hilltree hill tree when i went to drug emporium and uh it the the design and in, in the bag itself caught my attention uh, for the coffee but also when i um yeah like a little fold in there that kind of Uh, grabbed my attention as well. But when I started reading about the company and I noticed it was based locally here, I was like, I got to try this. And uh, I'm really glad I did. I haven't had one bad blend uh, from Hilltree at all. It's all super good. So you have seen the effects of COVID working at the hospital. But as a small business owner, how has it affected you guys personally? I mean, I'm sure it can't be easy, especially with a lot of the businesses being affected by it.
1: Yeah, so we, our businesses, we're not a cafe. Um, We do retail and wholesale. It's the two big, or two outlets of how we sell coffee. Uh, We do wholesale for restaurants and other cafes. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we also have a retail side where we sell online. And we have a subscription uh, service called Roaster's Passport, and so the interesting thing about how that how COVID had affected us was that since we are an online business, online services um actually boomed due to COVID. Uh so we actually our online stuff had increased, um, but our wholesale stuff actually didn't really dwindled down numbers or anything, but it did affect, you know, the restaurants, you know, that we work with a little bit. And so we, you know, tried to, you know, help them out as much as possible with, you know, like timing of like how much they needed for uh, product-wise and um, trying to keep, you know, everyone on the same page of like, you know, what they needed and how they needed it and stuff like that. But um, it was... Yeah, you know, it didn't really affect us like entirely too bad, and I, which I'm really thankful for. Um, yeah, you know, it didn't really have to. I guess from where we're not like a customer base like type of company, like you don't really need to come in and see us or anything like that. You know, from that perspective, it didn't affect us, but um, yeah, you know, it did affect a lot of people and their companies as far as like restaurants and stuff and you know uh, yeah i feel really bad for a lot of people in situations that you know made it a little a lot harder on them uh because uh, they are used to having people come in and then had to adapt and learn how to you know reorganize their company to being more like an outdoor kind of walk-up service and stuff like that and um Yeah, but I think on the lighter note of how COVID has affected businesses just in general is that we've seen so many businesses change in in a positive manner. Uh, Being able to adapt and change and move forward uh, has made a lot of companies actually more efficient because they realize what they actually need to do Uh, versus what you know how they did in the past now they can see what works better for them um, you know financially and I think it's kind of an interesting development for a lot of the smaller businesses here in Huntington you know all over the place not just here in Huntington just you know in general in the country Uh, so it's kind of interesting to see how a lot of companies evolved um, with like doing pickup orders and online services and, you know, just in general doing stuff like that. You know, I'm glad that people are able to still adapt and have the internet to help them be able to still sell their product that way.
0: Yeah. Uh, When COVID first started, it it made me ponder, like, are these small businesses going to make it through? And I think a lot of small business owners were obviously feeling the same way as well. Um, but it, it's good to see the them getting through this and, and also the community stepping up and supporting them because uh, – I, I can speak for Huntington itself. If we didn't have places like Oscars, if we'd have places like Black Sheep or Hilltree or um, uh, Bonhoeff. I mean, those are – uh, they are fundamental to Huntington. They they yes. add character to Huntington and they are some of the best places for us to go and enjoy uh, our free time.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's... Um, you know, I, I'm really glad that everyone has had a chance to take time to reorganize their companies to be able to still be open. Um, and taking that chance to evolve you know through this you know pandemic. Um, because you know they always say, you know, what you know what didn't kill you, make it stronger kind of situation. Well, in small business world, you know, it's you know adapt and change or not grow at all. You know, so as you know, for Hill we're constantly doing that. We're constantly changing the way we do things because we're always having to adapt to new situations because we're, we're such a small business because it's only two of us. (laughs) So, you know, we're constantly developing how we do things. And so I can see the same reflection, you know, through this pandemic, how it's changed, how we see the future of how we're going to do stuff. And I've seen the same kind of reflection with how other companies are doing the same thing and taking the time to you take a step back and see how what works and what doesn't work mm-hmm. and how they can move forward through this and what it's going to look like even when there's not a pandemic anymore. Are they going to still remain the same way? Yeah, you know, something that It's really interesting. A lot of people right now are taking a moment to take a step back and think, even when COVID is not really as big of a worry anymore and it's more on like a flu level, are we still going to be doing pickup services? Are we still going to be doing online services? Yeah. Are we going to open up to full capacity still? And, you know, if we're doing good, you know, this way, you know, why don't we move this direction? You know, there's a lot of questions like that with a lot of companies and you know, it's something that we've taken a lot of consideration when we do, uh, moving forward in our company,
0: yeah. Well, it's glad to see that uh, Hilltree is making it through this difficult situation that we're living in right now. And, uh, you know, ob- obviously, wish all the best for you guys. And,
1: I appreciate uh, that.
0: Want to, I want to keep drinking your coffee, so please keep <laughs> making it. Um, Alec,
1: thank you so we'll much for it.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Thank you so much for taking time to chat with me. Where can people um, find Hilltree? Where can people find you? And, and uh, uh, just keep up with the status of your business, um, either interwe- interwebs or even here locally.
1: Uh, well, there's a couple different ways to do that. Um, on our online site, on com, you can actually uh, go to our local buy local page, and it shows you every restaurant in West Virginia, that sells their coffee Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um, and it does show, um, you know, their brand. And um, I think we have links set to, so you can go straight to their websites and stuff that way. Um, But we, we have an online service as well. Like I said, Um, but if you want, if you're a local, I highly suggest if you live here in Huntington, um, definitely buy local, um, you know, you can buy it from the Bakery. Um, you can buy it, uh, at, uh, Capital Market, uh, Stella's in Charleston, um, Halloween and Ripley, um, the Trading Post, uh, it's brand new. Um, uh, Lacey Jameson had just opened up her and her husband, Uh, in Wayne County they have a it's called Twelve Pole uh, Trading Post Mm -hmm. and it's really cool it's like a a artisan center um, for farmers and local artisans to sell farm goods um, and handmade things and our coffee um, in Wayne County Mm -hmm. and that just opened up this past weekend Um, and she's already sold out once for coffee there so people you know are definitely exploring that region and being able to find a lot of really awesome handmade items that way Um, there's uh, like I said you just go on the list there and there's um, I think we're in about nine retail locations in West Virginia Wow! so you can find us in a lot of different routes if you live here in West Virginia if you're not a West Virginian uh, you live in Ohio or Kentucky or any um, outside of that even um you can find this you know online there are um, you can buy it by the bag or you can do the subscription service. The uh, subscription service is really interesting though it allows you to get a new coffee every month um, and we roasted how we think it should be roasted so you could get uh, something you know nice as like a you know, Hawaiian coffee one month or, you know, get some kind of, you know, awesome like honey process bean the next month from like in you know, different countries. And it's just, you know, it's kind of a surprise. That's
0: really
1: cool. We try to rotate our coffee out so that we can uh, give something, a new coffee to people every month. Um, and it's a it's a really cool process because it allows us to try new coffee and it allows our customers to try new coffee mm-hmm. and so the cool experience for us and the customer because I mean of course we get new coffee and we get to try it you know? yeah <laughs> so I I get it's like my favorite part of like the month is uh, what are we ordering next you know, like yeah like what what small batch farm can we order from. Next, that uh, will allow us to buy you know, in a certain quantity because, um, you know, we, we only buy X amount, you know, for that month, we don't, you know, have a huge, huge stock just for you know, everyone else to buy. Um, for retail, though, uh, we do keep in um, a certain selection of beans, uh, for retail, um, and then, uh, we do like private um exclusive origins for different people as well.
0: That's awesome, man. So and and this can all be found on uh dot com. Yep. Yeah, awesome.
1: you can check it out there. Uh we're really active on social media, Instagram, <laughs> uh, Facebook, Twitter. Um, now we're on TikTok as well. So <laughs> if you're a TikToker Uh, i'm i'm just getting into it myself uh learn a lot about the tiktok yeah uh we we have we have a good bit of videos on tiktok uh we're also uh if you're really into learning about coffee, you want to start being a home barista a little bit uh check out our youtube series um i'm not sure if you knew about that um but just go on youtube and uh type in hilltree roastery we have about five or six videos that were all made by Maddox, al Charleston.
0: oh yeah i know those guys
2: yeah
1: yeah really great caleb and them are really really awesome did a really great job on our uh editing our videos and stuff and um working with we had a lot of fun playing with beans and throwing beans across the room and (laughs) doing crazy stuff with them but uh uh, they're really great guys, and mm-hmm. uh, they, uh, um, they had just a really super high quality. Yeah. To them. Uh, so everything you watch on there just is, yeah super clean. I like it a lot. Um, we're ho- I hope to do more in the future like that. Um, uh, there's a lot of stuff I have planned to do with YouTube uh, channel that I think is going to be really exciting for locals. Yeah. Uh, I want to do like more music series stuff in the future too. I think that'd be really cool and exciting Cool projects and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, check out our YouTube if you want to learn you know, how to use an air press or a pour over a French press, stuff like that.
0: Awesome. Well, again, I appreciate you taking time and uh, yeah, man, hopefully we can talk again in the future.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate Sweet. it.
0: Alec, it was an honor talking to you. So great getting to know you and uh, your business and what you've been dealing with as a small business owner and how you've been able to push through and progress and and grow Hilltree Roastery as a company. Uh, I, for one, can say your coffee is delicious. Love it very much. And uh, I hope to have you again on the future. As far as you lovely listeners... Uh, You can go over to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, look up Parent Quest. Give it a like, a follow, and help me out by shouting out to your friends about this podcast. Uh, We are also on YouTube if you like to watch a video. If you are watching the video, thank you very much. And we're also on Apple Podcasts, your favorite podcasting app. If you need something to listen to on your commute to and from work, family vacation, etc., etc. I thank you so much. Thank you so much for your support. Again, new episodes are coming, so keep an eye out. And with that, I can say that this quest has officially been completed.